What's up, everyone out there? This is another episode of the PlayStation Report. I believe this is 227. Yeah. 27. Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, I'm Frank, and joining me, as always, is Tyler. Um, we just got done watching the Ubisoft Forward, and yeah, that's 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 a thing that happened. And yeah. We've got some news. But Tyler, yeah. we haven't talked about racing in a long time. Ty- racing is good. Oh, racing's great. Oh, man. I, I really am enjoying this year's F1 season mm-hmm. based on just how mixed up it seems right now. Right. Like, the whole, like, behind Mercedes and Red Bull, it is all mixed up. And even, like the Red Bulls aren't all the way there as well. Right. Like, you're having McLaren, Renault, Racing Point up there fighting for top spots. Yep. It is really, it is a lot of fun to watch right now. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, what, uh, McLaren has been qualified third two races in a row? Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Yeah. And I think some of the the action going on in the middle of the pack there is is exciting. I mean, today's race uh, was a little boring up front, but like after you know from what fifth on back, it was it was pretty entertaining there. Yeah, it w- it was, and you know, I think I think especially this year the broadcasting has done a lot better job of focusing on those midfield battles. Right. I, I feel like in previous years they just show you the the leader going around the track. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Seems a lot well, better this year. Yeah, and it's been exciting. And also, I mean, Red Bull Ring's a fun track, I think. It's, oh, yeah. it's a really quick track and just really fast. There's a lot of cool cool uh, areas to pass, but even then, if someone's like trying to pass, there's a few corners where you can kind of stay side-by-side side and still, still have some really good racing. So I think the track helps, too. Yeah. It's, but. yeah, I... I'm really having a lot of fun watching watching some racing. Even uh, IndyCar, I watched yesterday's race. He watched today's race. Road America is another cool track as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I like like Road America a lot. But, yeah, racing is back. It's good. Uh, yeah. Maybe some of the things happening around racing, like some of the policies, particularly IndyCar, seems a bit bad. But <laughs> They're trying yeah. to rush to get fans watching. At the yeah, I mean, we'll also see um, this week is, I think Wednesday is NASCAR's All-Star Race, and they're going to have 30,000 fans there. Oh, God. All now, right. the place holds 100,000. Yeah. But, so, they're only doing a third capacity, but still, that is a lot of people to have at a race right now and just to have in one one spot where um i mean it's just kind of a fact the united states isn't really doing well with this coronavirus pandemic so i don't know a little ridiculous but yeah and uh, any cars just kind of letting some people in i don't know man what yeah. the fuck it's like people have stopped giving a shit and then like They'll start giving a shit in like a few weeks when everyone's sick and dying. Right. Exactly. So who knows? See how that goes. But 
yeah, I'm just glad glad racing's back. I, I love I love racing. It's always always a treat to watch. And with racing back, I've been playing one of my favorite series now of racing games, F1 2020. <laughs> um, I've done three races. I'm only doing 50% races, but I've done mm-hmm. three races. Uh, and I will say, it has all the cool AI stuff that 2019 had, but the cars feel super twitchy. And, like, it's... I'm not sure if I've just, like, changed my settings or something, mm-hmm. but... Those cars are very easy to get stepped out and lose the back end on. Gotcha. So are you doing a... Uh, I, I have not the, had a chance to play at all. I'm doing the my team thing with where okay. make the 11th team on the grid. Yep. And yeah, that's, that's... It's a cool mode. Uh, so know. with that, though, because you're, like, starting a new team, I mean, are you, like, competitive off the bat or, or no? It depends where you set your difficulty to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But no, you start towards the back, and you know you see the development screen in the F one games, right? Yeah. You start back yep. with like Haas and Williams. That's about back where you are. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah, that's cool. So you you also race at some of the newer tracks? Yeah, I've done Hanoi, which is very weird because. It seems like it's like a bunch of spokes. Like the track looks like you've raced outward and you turn back inwards toward the center of the track, and it's like kind of like three spokes on mm. on it. So it's like just a very weird structure. Like the amount of turns you're taking, um, a lot of like I don't know. They look like roundabouts. They take you around. Interesting. Which are really strange. Um, yeah, it's a it's a weird track. It's unlike any any of the other tracks. Uh, it, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I also did because it came up in you know how they have invitational events in between races sometimes. Yep. There was an invitational event to go do. I usually skip them, but this time it was on Zandvoort, the Dutch Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. And. It sure has some banked turns that are very weird in an F1 car that you just don't see. Yeah. Um, but I like that track a lot. It is, like, you, you kind of, like, slingshot out of these turns because they're banked so high. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of easy to lose your car as well. Like, if you're on if you're on the power and you're, like, on the crest, like, it, you have to be careful about where, where you deploy the power on those turns because... You can get caught out on those too. It's, it's a fun circuit. I, I, I'm really liking this game a lot. And Tyler, I imagine you're gonna probably play through another full season F1 season. Oh yeah, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to playing it for sure. Mm-hmm. It looks good. It's got great reviews too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. It might be one of my favorite games this year. <laughs> yeah, the, I was kind of wondering that. I'm like, I know I'm going to like this game. Maybe it'll be my game of the year. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah, but that the, the whole my team thing does seem really cool. I'm yeah, because you're you're that. managing not only like the development of your car, but like the way where you're spending money on your facilities. 
the sponsors you're getting, um, mm -hmm. your second driver contract as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's there's there's a lot there. It we'll also has to. a they have a race pass, which is kind of a battle pass like thing. What? Really? Yeah, it's weird. Know. It's strange. Oh um, boy. There's a free and a paid version of it, like all the other stuff. Uh, and it looks like you're just unlocking skins, like different. You can have different patterns on your gloves, different car livery patterns. Um, yeah, nothing like doesn't really seem to matter all that much. <laughs> thankfully, um, but yeah, it's just a lot of cosmetic stuff in that race pass thing, whatever they're calling it. I don't know. Uh, but. Yeah. That seems weird to have in this game, but sure. Yep, it's it's certainly there. <laughs> I haven't paid much attention to it, but yeah. After every race, you see your experience go up, and you go on the next level of the pass. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's that's the racing. Uh, that's all the racing I'll talk about, unless you have more racing to talk about. I do not. No. Well, time for other video games that are not racing. Tyler, what have you played? Uh, I finished The Last of Us Part 2, which we've done like in pretty extensive spoiler cast, which you'll hear at the end of the show. Um, so I finished that, and I also finished uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> 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 the remastered campaign. Oh, yeah, you were doing that. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, the game's so short. I ended up just kind of zoning out and playing it. Uh, played a decent chunk actually after I finished The Last of Us. I'm like, you know what? I don't, don't feel like anything crazy right now. Um, so yeah, I finished that. I mean, that is still a really fun campaign. There's some really cool stuff going on. They honestly, uh, Beanox, uh did the remaster of the game. And they did a really great job visually. I mean, the game looks beautiful. It, it looks very updated. The lighting is really well done. And I mean, the game looked good back on 360 and PS3, but they've done a good job uh, kind of updating it. So, yeah, it was a cool campaign. There's still some really cool things that go on in that game that I enjoyed. So, yeah, did that, and I think that's honestly about it. I haven't done too much else. Otherwise, what about you? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Destiny 2. Okay, alright. Uh, did some Shadowkeep stuff. I'm at the point where there's a dungeon I have to do. Is that, a, is that actually part of the Shadowkeep story? I don't recall doing a dungeon, so you might be beyond, beyond right. Shadowkeep. So, I finished Shadowkeep without realizing I finished Shadowkeep. Yeah, uh, the, there's like a cutscene with Eris Morn. I think, I think so. I yeah. Just, to me, it was like, oh, this is getting real good. And then it's like, alright, nah, we're done. <laughs> yeah, but I've been doing some of the uh, current story stuff as well, um, with all those pyramids showing up. Mm. Really weird. Those really weird pyramids. The skyboxes are strange now. <laughs> uh, but yeah really having a lot of fun with that. They've introduced a mechanic uh, with umbral engrams, where mm. uh, these are special en engrams that you decode uh, next to the drifter, and there's a refocusing mechanic where you can better, uh, you can 
pretty much choose what you're going to get out of your engram, whether it be armor or a weapon. Oh, okay, that's interesting. But yeah, that's yeah, it's it's a whole new system they've tacked into that game, and I'm still uh, learning about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Do what you're up to power level one thousand. Nice. Um, I don't even know what the cap is anymore. You know, I haven't really game. paid attention. I've just been playing Destiny too, and you know, <laughs> it's it's a good game to veg out on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. Uh, other than that, I played uh, some more Apex Legends. Obviously, when will I stop? Probably never. Uh, <laughs> and uh, some more Hades, the super giant oh. game. How's that coming? It is fantastic. I love it. I love it so much. I have the gun. The gun is good. Mm. The gun. You shoot it like a gun. You reload it, but it also has mortars that you can shoot out, which are really cool. Yeah. It. I. I like Hades a lot. It has. It has a lot going for it. The, the music is great. The style is awesome. I. I just love playing it. It's. It has cool characters. I love all the Greek gods and their depictions. It's really cool. That game's supposed to come out of Early Access this year, right? Yeah. Nice. That's another one that might be one of my games of the year. (laughs) We were kind of talking earlier of uh, a little bit of... I don't know, some of the big AAA games I think uh, everybody was excited for have kind of been a little flawed. not saying they're bad games. Um... But at least for me, like Doom Eternal, I liked a lot, but had some flaws. Last was two, I like, but has flaws. Um, I, I'm close to finishing it, but Final Fantasy VII, I like a lot, but has some flaws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so nothing's been like. I think all those games are probably going to end up on my list, but none none of them have stood out to me as like this is my game of the year. I might go with The Last of Us, but. Honestly, I feel like that could be toppled, and who knows, with time, that might change regardless. But Tyler, who knows on that, but... How could you choose a game of the year when you're not going to finish Cyberpunk? I know, and... It, okay. When you're not going to finish Assassin's Creed this year. How could you... I, how dare I know. you pick a game of the year? <laughs> I know. It's it's going to be hard towards the end of the year, because it's, it's just going to be a flood of fucking video games at the end that are all huge. Yeah. Which we'll talk a little bit about in the news, but damn. I mean, it's still an exciting year regardless for video games, but yeah. Something like Hades, I feel like I, I need to try to get on into that at some point oh, yeah. this year. Because it, 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 it does look cool. I'm not a big roguelike fan, but a game like Dead Cells really grabbed me because it's gameplay, and Hades looks like it would grab me because of its gameplay. So mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you should definitely try it. It's... Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it looks cool. Uh, but honestly, F one twenty twenty probably going to be better than all these games. <laughs> so, <laughs> who knows? You know, at the end of the year, we typically past two years have made like one list. We might be the only place to give F one twenty twenty game of the year. Who yeah, knows? Maybe, maybe <laughs> that, might, that might just fucking happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! All right. Actually, let, well, let me back up. Divinity Original Sin 2 is my game of the year right now. 
it, okay. even though that is a 2018, 2019 game, I forget when it came out. That's my by far my favorite game that I have played this year. And we, I mean, we still got a ways to go, but fuck, that game's good, dude. Oh yeah, it's real good. We played a bunch more of that after after the show last week. Yeah, we uh, have some choices to make about yeah. this tree. <laughs> some some really big choices. Some, there are some how you good. might say it, deep rooted issues. Yeah, you could say that. Um, this has kind of been a really big storyline that feels like it's kind of that's been around for a while. But it's kind of like coming to a head here, and uh, yeah, we we definitely have some choices. We had a really awesome battle that we ended on. Uh, last week that had just amazing music to it. Oh, oh my god, the music's so good in this game. And, uh, so that was cool. Also, we had another battle taking out some fucking Magisters that, you know, fuck those guys. And, um, been taking out, uh, what, what are they called? The Black... Black Ring? Yeah, the Black Ring. Yeah, Black, Black Ring people, because they're not very good either. Oh, it's we've been, we we had a lot of good battles uh, last time we played. I'm looking forward to playing more. That game's just excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I you know what? If you if this weren't just a PlayStation podcast, I would imagine Baldur's Gate three might be on your list. <laughs> yeah, who knows? When it, it, it when it comes I'm, out. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's yeah. I look. Lo- I really do love the CRPG. It is it is one of my mm-hmm. favorites. Yeah. It's a it's a genre of game that I definitely want to experience more of because yeah. I'm enjoying Divinity so much right now, so. Yeah. But dude, I mean, god damn, there's just so many massive video games coming out this year. Oh yeah, there are. I mean, we got Ghost of Tsushima, which who knows how big that that game might be, but uh, it's open world. I would assume it's pretty meaty. That comes out here next week. We got um, Baldur's Gate three in August. It's early access, but still, that game's probably going to be huge. We have Valhalla, Cyberpunk, Watchdogs, Legions. Am I missing anything? Like holy moly, that's hundreds of hours. Yeah, in just a couple games, crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's, let's, hmm, there, there, I mean, we're, we're all home a lot more, aren't we? <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot, I mean, for some people that means a lot more time for games, I, not everybody, but, yeah. Yes. There's definitely a lot to play out there, there's no shortage of video games to, uh, escape to. Right. Uh, but Tyler, let's get into the news here because we know now what the boxes these video games you're buying are going to come in. We're, we know what they look like. Uh, it's not that dramatic. I mean, they just... Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, it's basically the same box, but it's a white background on the PS5 part, little header at the top. Whatever. These are boxes for video games. Yeah. Almost 50% of video game sales are digital now. Yeah, definitely. It's uh it's not mind-blowing. I uh personally, I like the blue strip that the PS4 has and I wish they would have kept it, but 
I mean, they're but they're their changing. New console is black and white. Yeah, exactly, and they're they're changing up the the look of of things, and I don't know. We'll see, but uh, I like the art for Spider-Man Miles Morales. I think it looks cool, and um, I mean the art for Godfall looks good. It just uh, game kind of looks a little boring. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. Not nothing mind blowing, but yeah, Sony did show off the official boxes. Now we just need the Xbox boxes, which I'm sure will be similar but green. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, sure. Uh, I guess, Tyler, I don't, I don't mean this as a dig at you. Speaking of more boring news, Sony has invested money in Epic. Yeah, two hundred fifty million dollars, which is a minority stake in Epic, a very small stake. I think it's a little over one percent. What I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they they invested into Epic apparently after the Unreal Five. Thing according to uh, Tim Sweeney, um, I, I I don't think this is like mind blowing, but I think what I'm curious of is um, well, one, this is more money than Sony spent buying Insomniac, which is interesting. Um, but then two, um, I wonder if this gives Sony any leverage into using Unreal Engine 5 moving forward for first-party titles. I mean, they could, and a lot of studios do use uh, like proprietary engines, but like Days Gone was on Unreal Engine 4. I just wonder if you might see uh, Sony dabble in maybe using Unreal Engine for any first-party titles. Um, But now, yeah, I mean, now... Sony makes a little bit of money off of some of this stuff, too. Like Fortnite. Yeah, I guess so. Just a witty bit. Yeah. Just a little bit of capital gains. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we could speculate about that, but we could also speculate about this new patent that Sony has filed. Uh, and it looks like... Well, I'm not sure exactly what this all means, but it seems like they might be working towards uh, some backwards compatibility with all the way back to the PS1. But in the cloud. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Most, to be honest, for me, most of the old games that I want to play probably would be fine over the cloud. I mean, Mm -hmm. I can't think of too much that I'd be going back to that would suck, <laughs> to be right. honest. Um, but yeah, and and who knows? Those games, uh, especially on like PS One, PS Two, are a lot smaller. Might be easier to play them over the cloud. Where I know uh, some PS Three games on PlayStation now, they've improved it a lot, but still have some trouble, some trouble, some trouble streaming. Um. So, uh, yeah, I'd be curious if this means streaming from the cloud or the games are just up in the cloud and you access them and you can download them or something. I don't know. Um, it'd be really cool. I wish Sony would embrace their backwards compatibility a lot more. I mean, PS5 is going to have PS4 backwards compatibility, but it would be cool if they just embraced some of their older systems more. I think it's something that could be really exciting. Um 
it just yeah it, I mean the ultimate thing would be if I have a PS2 disc I could put it in my PS5 and it would play it but doesn't seem like that's going to happen no no that that would just be ridiculous to expect <laughs> it's it, it's ridiculous to expect but it, also, it's just it's just like, such a pipe why are you holding on to your PlayStation 2 discs <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually I don't think I have any PS2 discs okay. but but still yeah it would that would be awesome if you could. PlayStation One discs. Yeah, but I, they I do, do play on my PS4. PlayStation Three, so I could theoretically just play them. Yeah, yeah. Just seems like I guess uh, if they do do backwards compatibility for PS One, Two, and Three, you're gonna have to be purchasing those games again potentially, mm-hmm. unless they roll it into PlayStation Now somehow. Which they have PS3 games, but not PS1 or 2. Yeah, I mean... That would make PS Now a way more enticing thing, I think. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I, if it was just like, here's this service where you could play, you know, games from literally any PlayStation console. That's That would be cool. Yeah, I would definitely uh, check it out if they managed to do the good thing that uh, would be consumer friendly but you know I'm not I'm not confident that that's actually the case yeah who knows well uh, we have well some yeah delays release dates I threw these in we can maybe just kind of rapid fire them I just figured there are delays or release dates for some upcoming games we should at least throw out there uh, UFC 4 from that EA Sports, who, who are EA Sports again? They make the they make the Madden. Now they're making yeah. UFC games. Uh, UFC Four is coming out on August fourteenth. I know that typically uh, sports games aren't super popular during EA's like E three EA Play presentations, uh, but they typically do something with them. With this game coming out literally next month, just about a month from now, why would they not have thrown that in EA Play? (laughs) At least in some small capacity. I I just think that's weird with it coming out so so soon. But yeah, if you're excited about UFC video games, there you go. Yeah. I guess, uh, I mean, I don't really watch UFC too much, but I guess they started fighting on Fight Island. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> which is fucking insane that that's it's, an actual thing you know sometimes I am a believer that the more money you have the more your brain is rotting <laughs> <laughs> maybe you might not be wrong there, there is a dollar flu out there just like in the division except it's only affecting rich people <laughs> um, yeah they should not be doing that at all. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, all right. Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning has been delayed. Yep. Uh, it's coming out September 8th, and it's getting DLC? A yeah. A DLC expansion coming out next year. Now, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong. This seems like one of the first to- at least the biggest... Uh, example of they did a remaster or remake 
and they added DLC. Yeah, that's that's what I think's really interesting about this is that it is a remaster of a uh, eight-year-old game that they're going to make new content for. I don't think I've ever seen that before in this capacity. I mean, who knows how big this this uh, expansion will be, but man, that's kind of crazy to me. Uh, I remember when THQ Nordic bought the Kingdoms of Amalur license, and it was like, okay, that's interesting, but I guess this is uh, what they're going to do with it first, and I would imagine that this new DLC Fates Warn might set up maybe a sequel a couple years down the line if... if uh, both the DLC and this remaster sell well enough. Maybe that's something THQ and Nordic will invest in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's that's. I just think this is a really interesting thing. Infinitely less interesting to me. WWE 2K <laughs> Battlegrounds. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, dude. It's coming out on September 18th. And I don't give a shit. Let's move on. Yeah. I feel I am so, in a way, excited to see what this game will be like. I'm not going to play it, but I just, I have a feeling this is going to be a complete trash fire. I hope not, but damn. You can play 70, 70 characters, though, dude. Doesn't that excite you? No, it doesn't. Not at all. <laughs> I don't. I don't care about the WWE. They can fuck off. <laughs> now, if this was an AEW game, maybe I'd be talking a little bit about it. Yeah, it's not. Um, all right, so we have a couple more here. Mafia Definitive Edition. That is the remake of the original Mafia game is being delayed till. Uh, Let's see what's what's the date here? It says September, September twenty fifth. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's uh, so. Yeah, they're going to show off. Yeah, going to show off gameplay July twenty second. Um, so they're basically remaking the first game. Uh, it's because it's an older game, but I from what I've seen and read uh the remasters of two and three or uh specifically two being a ps3 game are not super great so i'm wondering if that's part of the reason for the delay of they really want to get this right sort of thing mm-hmm. who knows yeah uh and lastly here dark pitch pictures anthology little hope <laughs> being released on october 30th and this trailer is creepy as hell. Yeah. So, Man of a Dan was pretty okay. But, uh, this game looks so much better to me. And I like the creepy vibe. And I, like, Man of a Dan was not scary at all. And I think the creepier the better with these sort of games. So, I don't know. Looking forward to this one. I think it's that's the perfect release date, too. Right around Halloween. Uh, yeah, this, it might be a bit much for me. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But, uh, yeah, super massive. This is the second of their five-part anthology series that they're hoping to do. 
And I, I'm excited and hopefully get the chance at some point. Like, Man of Badan was one of the most unique co-op experiences I've ever had. And uh, just because of, you know, you play through the game uh, by yourself, or if you did couch co-op, and it's a fairly linear experience, even though the stories are happening, like different parts of the story are happening at the same time. And if you're playing it online, the story is just a story. And it's like, I'm over here with this character doing this, and someone else is over here doing that. And it was it was a really cool experience. And hopefully they keep building on that with this game. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, so that is the news that happened before today. Today, we had a Ubisoft Forward, which we watched here together. Uh, I had notes. I don't know where they went. Um, but Ubisoft, <laughs> uh, I mean, you've seen recently in the news, like, a lot of their leadership is either leaving or stepping down because of, mm-hmm. uh, the ongoing allegations of, uh, some, some bad shit happening. Yeah. Um, and they've decided they even sent out a tweet acknowledging it beforehand that they were going to keep doing the Ubisoft for war- forward regardless of all the stuff that's happening. And it just... That tweet seemed weird to me. Um, but whatever. We had an event here. We have some games to talk about. The first thing they really gave us a deep dive into... Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah. Uh, well, let me back up, really, before we get into this. I do agree with you that I think it's weird how they acknowledged it but not acknowledged it like during like do you think they should have said something during the show itself yeah but they they played it off like we pre-recorded this a long time Mm -hmm. ago but that doesn't stop you from being able to hey get on stream figure it out and actually talk about something but right yeah i i i agree with that i feel like they they probably should have done something mm-hmm. there it, it, in the show itself. It just comes off a little weird to me to have all like I get that you know they might want to try to keep their investigations or anything like that internal, but at the same time, this is such a big thing that has kind of engulfed the video game industry. And Ubisoft, especially, have had a lot of accusations. I just feel like you should have acknowledged it at some point. Yeah. I don't know, but. Anyways, yeah. Watch Dogs Legion's first game um, they showed comes out October 29th. Absolutely no politics throughout this entire Ubisoft presentation. No. None no. whatsoever. <laughs> uh, no. But what did you make of uh, what they showed for Watch Dogs Legion's, and are you uh, excited about it at all? It looks fun. I, you yeah. know, I could, I could dig it. Um, I... I just wonder, like, how it's going to feel to play, because I don't know about you, but, like, I didn't necessarily like the shooting or any of that in uh, Watch Dogs or Watch Dogs 2. The shooting just didn't feel good to Mm -hmm. me uh, in such a way that I would try to play the game without having to shoot anyone, because I just didn't enjoy that part of the game. Um, Hopefully this game is better, because it seems like you're going up against a lot more uh, a lot more resistance in this than you had in previous games 
right? And okay, yeah. a much more well-armed resistance. Yeah, and I, I do agree with you on the shooting. Like, I liked um, I like Watch Dogs too a lot, but still, there were missions towards the end of that game that I felt like just kind of devolved into gunfights, and they were the worst missions in the game. They were really frustrating, and so I hope. They've, yeah, either improved it or you can get around it. And it seems like there's just so many possibilities to go about doing anything in this game. Mm -hmm. And that's just really exciting to me. Um, it seems like building building your, your kind of, all your characters just seems really cool. How you can recruit anybody and they all have different abilities, which then changes up how you could go about each mission and i just i can't imagine developing this game like it's just that's just insane to me how you have to account for just so many different things both in the story and in the dialogue the cutscenes, but then in the gameplay you got to design for all these different things it just seems like a massive undertaking but i hope they can pull it off i'm i'm eager to uh to play this game it looks cool yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I pointed it out, but they sure are going to probably sell some uh, some cosmetics for this. <laughs> Wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me. Oh, man. All right. Uh, next up, well, I didn't really jot down any of the mobile stuff. I didn't find any no, I, they, from So from Watch Dogs, they just they showed... A trailer for Brawlhalla, Might Magic, Arab Chaos, Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, which is the game that has all the Tom Clancy characters in it, and then a kind of a montage for Rainbow Six Siege. And it was it was a little bit of a zone out sort of thing. But then they got into uh, Hyperscape. Yeah, uh, which is their battle royale. It has an open beta now on PC. They didn't mention anything else about that game. They did however, come out with a story trailer around that game, which seemed interesting enough. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What did you think about that trailer? I mean, it it looked cool um, from, you know, I guess a world-building uh, standpoint, but then, I don't know, then you're going to get into the Battle Royale and just kind of lose a lot of that, I yeah. feel. It's a VR um, game, man. Yeah, so who knows? But I mean, it, it's cool to set up the world. Yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, it, like there was some art. That's a butt. What's link. that? You plug in through your butt. That's what the B link is. <laughs> um, there was some art though that I was like, "Is this control?" <laughs> yeah, they. Did, <laughs> oh no, it looked interesting. Very interesting art. Uh, yeah. And I watched a little bit of the gameplay of it when they were doing that closed alpha. A lot of the UI looks like Apex. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And some of the gun yeah. designs as well. Uh, but whatever. It's I'll, I'll check it out eventually. We'll see. Yeah. Open beta now on PC. Yep. So. And then uh, they talked about and showed a pretty decent amount of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And I am fucking jacked for this game. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh my god. It's coming out November 17th. Uh, is that a console launch date? Is it? It could be. 
you know. Man, who knows? <laughs> what what wait, what what exact day is that? Let me look. Uh, November seventeenth is a Tuesday. Hmm. Mm. Maybe I think the PS4 and Xbox One launched on Fridays, and that's what I feel like. It'll is come out on Friday best. the thirteenth. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? But still, uh, they showed off a lot of different things. So you're playing as the Vikings during the invasion of England, basically, and so you're taking out some Anglo-Saxons, and you're doing a lot of a lot of mean stuff like burning villages and homes and whatever because you got to build your own base and your yeah, own you're set. doing a colonization but don't worry this game isn't political yeah <laughs> definitely not um but yeah so you're building your own settlement there's raids you can go on um they showed off uh different uh like combat they how they kind of revamped that seems like you can uh get the environment involved with combat a little bit more than uh, the last two Assassin's Creed games. And then some of the more Viking-themed abilities just look fucking awesome. And, like, different weapons. You can dual-wield anything, including they showed off dual-wielding shields, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. uh, so that seemed really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to play the combat. They showed off the inventory screen where the numbers will go up and you can equip weapons and gear a lot like Odyssey or Origins. Um... And, gosh, what else? So there's going to be, like, large-scale assaults that can happen throughout the game. Now, I think these could be really cool. They had something somewhat similar in Odyssey, and they kind of fell flat a little bit. So I hope these are a lot more involved than they seem like they're going to be. Um, So we'll see on that. Um, What else? But the fucking game looks beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Does it look good? It seems like there's going to be some more, like, uh, Norse mythology stuff thrown in there, which is really exciting, and I am so down for this game. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be... Hmm. There's going to be a lot of game there. Yeah, And I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of systems to keep track of. Uh, I think... Yeah, I, I'm kind of looking forward to it also. It's, uh... Yeah, yeah. I, like it's just like that it's. I'm gonna be so fucking busy with video games. I know, I know. It's it's gonna be crazy because consoles are launching, but then yeah, this game comes out two days before Cyberpunk now, and then Ubisoft's launching two massive open world games in within less than a month of each other. Which you know the games come out when they're when they're coming out when they're ready, but I just. Man, I just wonder if they could have got Watch Dogs out earlier. If they would, if they if they could do that, they would. But I guess guess they cannot. So I'm I'm very curious on that. If they're going to cannibalize each other, plus Cyberpunk being around, plus new consoles, it's going to be a pretty crazy time, October and November for video games. So, but I'm. Really excited. It's another one of those, but it looks like they've done some really cool things with it. And I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, they've uh, reintroduced the uh, blending in mechanic. Yeah. Yeah, so that's something they kind of moved away from a little bit. 
And yeah, now you're going to be able to kind of blend in with crowds or sit on benches to just kind of get into places that you're not supposed to be in. So that 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 excites me because that's something that I liked. You know, one thing I didn't see. I'm, I'm just surprised. You don't jump from a high, pl- at least not in the trailer. They don't jump from a high place into something that breaks your fall that <laughs> clearly wouldn't break your fall but yeah definitely definitely <laughs> i imagine there's got to be something like that but then again maybe not considering i don't know i guess some of the castles you could jump off of but there's not very mm-hmm. many high places no i guess cliffs i mean yeah i don't know just that era of england it's not built up as much as uh although they did find out how to do that in in Egypt and they'll figure it out we'll jump from high places where we right. unlock part of the map <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. yeah and then well I forget if there's anything in between it but Far Cry 6 is a thing oh no yeah. wait Phil Spencer came out he did he said Watch Dogs Legion would have smart delivery Right, which is uh, cool. Uh, I think Assassin's Creed Valhalla also has it. Hopefully that'll be the case on, mm-hmm. on PlayStation as well. I would imagine it would be. Yeah. So Also, he, he, he talked about how like Watchdog Legion uh, and Assassin's Creed, they're going to take advantage of Series X and some of the horsepower that console has. So I imagine PlayStation 5, same deal. So seems like... Those are that you know PlayStation Five Series X. You know if you want to play on console, that's it's probably best to wait if you can. Obviously, that's uh, a big investment, but uh, those games will probably play and look better on on the new consoles. I'm sure they'll run just fine on PS4, but uh, it seems like they're going to be probably pretty taxing for the system. So yeah, it will. I so. wonder which one of these games will make my PlayStation Four melt. <laughs> Right. Uh, all right. Yeah. I mean, really quick, before they did talk about Far Cry 6, they did say they're going to do another Ubisoft forward in a couple months. So this seems like it's going to be yeah, That's when we'll get thing. Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, they didn't... Like, Far Cry, we'll talk about here in a second, but that's the last game they revealed, so they didn't really show off too much, but I think they're probably trying to space things out, plus um, coronavirus and work from home, all that stuff, probably really fucked things up for Ubisoft, I would imagine, and especially with how big Ubisoft is, I can't imagine (laughs) how much of a clusterfuck it might have been to get people working from home. Um, So I imagine that maybe threw some things in, but yeah, we didn't see Beyond Good and Evil, we didn't see... Uh, Skull and Bones. We didn't see Gods and Monsters. No, like none of that. Gods and Monsters blows my mind, dude. They revealed that game at last E3 with just a trailer. That's it. No gameplay. Gave it a February 25th release date. Didn't show fucking anything. Then they've delayed all their games and they still haven't shown it. <laughs> what? Is it a game? Who knows? It's right. crazy. But um, yeah, uh, Far Cry Six. Yeah, they sure are um, doing their whole Latino drug cartel thing again, aren't they? Yeah. 
<laughs> that's like, that's Far Cry. We got sued uh, sued by Bolivia over Ghost Recon Wildlands. Now we're gonna do uh, Far Cry in what seems to be uh, Venezuela. Hmm. I mean that's what I mean that's what people online are calling it. Okay. <laughs> Ubisoft presents nuclear Venezuela. Um, but yeah, it, they definitely are I don't think they know exactly the kind of shit they're stepping in here. Um, in what? Just uh All right, we know it's a joke that they they call their games apolitical. Right. But at this point, when you're bringing up this imagery about, like, South and Central American countries not being able to govern themselves, it's, I don't know, how how many times can Ubisoft keep fucking doing this? And just yeah. games in general. Right. It just, to me, I, it rings as racist to me. It's like, my first, my first knee-jerk reaction is, oh, this is kind of fucking racist, isn't it? Just the way that they portray these people. Uh, yeah, it could be, I think. I mean, I think it's interesting, you know, they got in trouble with Bolivia with, uh, Wildlands, so then they went to a fictional place, uh, with Breakpoint. Uh, the past couple, well, Far Cry Four was in. It was kind of like Himalaya sort of territory, but I think it was. Uh, it was inspired by that sort of area mm-hmm. geography. Yeah, and then Five was definitely. I don't know if they. I, I know it was set in the United States, but I don't know if they named exactly, but more Midwest area. So. I'm, yeah, they didn't. I don't think they actually no. said in the trailer like where it's said. I, I, I'm curious if it's a fantasy made up place inspired by a Central American country. I'm not excusing that. I, I, I don't I'm not saying that makes anything better, but I don't know. Who knows if they'll actually say, "Hey, this is blank country that actually exists." I don't know. I mean, we'll they see. won't say it, but it's it's pretty clear the lines that they're drawing and, like, the connections that they're making here with some of the imagery. It's... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I can't get excited for a Far Cry game regardless. I think those games are tired and done. Uh, even less so when, like, they drudge up this kind of stuff. Um, I... I'm... I guess intrigued. We'll see. Uh, I really like Giancarlo Esposito. He is an amazing actor. So having him as the villain is um, really exciting to me because I think he plays amazing villains in everything that I've seen him in. And uh, that <laughs> that trailer was certainly interesting with the whole with I guess that's his his kid or something. And, like, pulling the pin and having him hold this grenade, I was like, dude, holy shit, this dude's intense. But we've seen with Far Cry, you know, Far Cry 3, 4, 5, especially, you know, being the recent ones, they 
they always tend to market these really intense uh, villains. And at least in five, it was really bad. Really bad. And to me, the story was fucking awful in that game. And then four, it wasn't as bad, but like um, the villain, which I think was Mads Mikkelsen, I think. I forget. Uh, He was like hardly in the game. Like, he had a really cool opening, and I'm like, okay, well, that sort of stinks. Um, I'm sure Giancarlo Esposito's pretty expensive, so hopefully they use him frequently in this game to really add something to the narrative. Um, so we'll we'll see on that, but, man, it's... it's I like playing Far Cry games, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, it, it has to be really... Uh, they have to be doing new stuff for me to get truly pumped to play this game because 5 was so tiring to me. I know people like 5 and 5 still sold well. That's why they keep making these games. They're still selling well. People like playing these Far Cry games. Um, but yeah, 5 was five was a lot to handle. So just a little, it was also just incredibly fucking boring. So we shall see with a new Far Cry game. Yeah, I, how that turns out. Yeah, I guess so. That's uh, next year, February eighteenth. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, uh, predictions. Oh fuck! I forgot <laughs> that was a thing. <laughs> um, I think I'm the only one. No. Um, sort of. Okay, so you said Rabbids Royale, which I really wish happened. Yeah. But that didn't happen. Far Cry 2 Remastered, that didn't happen. Watch Dogs Legion as a PS5 launch game? We don't know. Technically. Uh. Technically, we don't know. It'll be be on PS5, but we don't know. So, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do there. Um... Uh, for me, I said they'd show off Gods and Monsters. They did not. I said Far Cry 6 be Wild West in March of 2021. I'm wrong about two-thirds of that. Um, so I'll go .33 on that. And uh, I said no Beyond Good and Evil 2 or Skull and Bones, and that Skull and Bones is dead. Um, they didn't show off either, but we don't know if Skull and Bones is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel like it's gotta be dead right I don't know I don't know but I'll just I'll go half point okay so there we go who knows maybe maybe uh, October 29th is the day the PS5 launches yeah eh, I doubt it <laughs> I doubt it. But would it be good? Yeah, it would. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Halloween time? Yeah. Have a new console? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, get all those masks out there for Halloween? For watchdogs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, well, that's going to do it for the news, unless you have anything last minute here. No. 
I do not. I'm just seeing if anything else came out from uh, from all this, but it doesn't seem like it. I guess there's a new update for the crew, too. Is that exciting? Yeah. Nah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Nope, nothing, nothing new. Alrighty, well, with that, we're going to throw you over to our Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast. Uh, if you want to dip out now, that's fine. Just go do the rating and reviewing and all that good stuff. Uh, but we're going to go do that up next. Stick with us. Well, it's time, Tyler, to talk about The Last of Us Part 2. And, uh... I guess from here on out, everyone out there, if you still haven't finished the game, now's probably a good time to dip out, um, because we're gonna, we're not holding back, Tyler, are we? No, we're going full we're gonna t- spoiler. Yeah, we're going to talk about the thing, and actually talk about the thing, <laughs> <laughs> instead of talking around the thing, which, you know, as I've previously said, is not good podcasting, so hopefully this is good. Tyler... You just completed The Last of Us Part 2 I did a week ago. Um, I guess to start off, just general impressions. Like, how did you feel leaving off? Like, I know you're still pretty fresh. How, yeah, how do you feel about it right now? I finished it on Monday, and I, I've just kind of been sitting on my thoughts. I haven't, as much as I've wanted to, I have not listened to, like, any other spoiler cast or anything because i kind of wanted my thoughts to be fresh going into this um i will say that i enjoy the game it's definitely my favorite game so far this year but it it is flawed for sure and you know i have not finished final fantasy 7 so that could change once i finish that hopefully soon um but i think the game has flaws but there were so many moments that I enjoyed. I think I enjoy playing the game a lot more than the first one. Um, the gameplay is just very improved. So I think just kind of top level, that's kind of kind of how I feel about it. And I'm, There's definitely some more kind of story things that uh, I'm excited to get into. But w- what's your thoughts? Uh, well... I guess, like, the parts that I like about the game are, like, I, I like how the game plays. I, I mm-hmm. like how it feels. But generally, a lot of what's, like, the focus of this game, this narrative, the, and ge- generally Naughty Dog structure is worn thin on me. Like, I, they do have a section early on in the, well, in the first third of the game that is interesting, that, that opened area of Seattle. That, mm-hmm. that's, inter- that's the most interesting thing they did in the game, structure-wise. But they don't return to that. And I've, I've played enough Naughty Dog games. Like, the, the structure of those games is just so similar to, between everything they've done. That, like, I'm just not very interested in the way they make games anymore. What do you mean by structure? Just, like, it's very, like, hey... You, you go you see where you need to go you go there like it's and along these very like linear paths and like they ooh there's a there's a diversion along the way but like it's 
it all just feels very similar, like, between all their games. Like, hey, you need to go he from point A to point B, and there's it's going to look really nice, and there's going to be a story to it. But, like, it's... I don't know. It just doesn't... I don't know. It, it There's something about the structure of their games that all rings very similar to me. Hmm. And, uh, I, I don't know. It's just... I've, I think I've had enough. Is it just Naughty Dog games? Because... I think about I, Final this is, Fantasy this is about or the same as same like with uh, Tomb Raider games as well. Have some in sections have this very uh, similar structure as well. Gotcha. Where it's like I, I don't know. It's it's like they're trying to structure it like something that's more than a video game, but it it's still just a game. You're going from point A to point B and killing the bad dudes in between, like. I, I guess I can see your point. I, I disagree with you on that because a lot of video games are like that. You know, two other games I enjoyed well, this year I'll, were Final Fantasy maybe. and Doom, and they're just go from point A to B and kill things along the way, and they look nice. Um, so I, I just I disagree with you slightly there, but I, I can see where you're coming from because well, Naughty Dog a, has a similar, done that a, a lot. similar conceit that. Naughty Dog does a couple of times through this game is, hey, look at this landmark. You're going there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, how many times are you going to do this in your games? I mean, I, I remember they they do this a couple of times in the Uncharted games, too. It's like, hey, go look, look at that. We're going to go there. And, yeah, it's like, okay, well, if that's, if that's what we're doing, then fine, but, like... I don't know. It just doesn't seem as interesting. Like rather than, I like the thing is, I I find I found that Seattle that the day one Seattle stuff just so much more interesting. Like you're wandering around Seattle, you're exploring the space, mm -hmm. and when it becomes less about exploring the space and more about just getting to the next area, it it just became like oh, it's another one of these. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I I just disagree with you a little bit, but I won't. I also agree with you about the Seattle space. I thought that was really cool, um, especially as you kind of just wandered around that area on your own, and Ellie's like marking her map with like interesting things to go see. Um, and there was a lot of just really cool stuff there. I enjoyed just a little bit of the side narrative there that you would that you could see. I enjoyed. Um, Especially all the conversation between her and Dina, I thought was really well done in that space. It was cool. I wish there was a little more to it because I, I just wonder, and you know, it might be a little hard with how Naughty Dog just likes to make their games. Like if that area was bigger and more of the narrative happened in a more of an open world area, maybe. I don't know. But I, I do, I do like it. It's definitely very. Uncharted Lost Legacy um, when when they did that in, in that game, but then I think I just thought it was a lot uh, more interesting in this game when they did it. Yeah, they, I feel they like they'll do it more moving forward. They're, they're just... They, do it, they did it in Uncharted, they did a little bit more here. I, I feel like they'll, they'll move forward with it, I'd imagine. Like you, can, you can have a little bit of an open world as a treat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. Like, I, I yeah, like it's, the gunplay is a lot better than any of their other Naughty Dog games. Like, it's just a lot better. Um, 
it's and the the stealth is all right, but like I feel like, man, I I got to a point with this with the stealth where I was like, man, they're gonna have these fucking dogs come after me, and like kind of ruin like what I would have done as a stealth mode and make me change it up. And I'm like, I don't know. At that point, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna kill all the dogs. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't want to. I did. I don't. I don't enjoy killing dogs. But you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the dogs were really interesting. Just kind of making making you shake up how you might have went about the the combat scenarios and uh, making you kind of stay on the move. I loved just about every single combat scenario in this game. Um, I, I liked a lot of the environments that uh, were kind of built in these areas. Like, the way how you can just kind of, like, shimmer through very tight spaces to kind of maneuver around. Or, you know, you could... I mean, you could do it in the first game, but, like, throw a bottle to distract an enemy or whatever. I just thought there was so much more you could do in the spaces were a lot bigger. There's a lot more areas you could get into that I thought really elevated the combat. And I, I liked just a lot of the situations with combat. I just thought it was so much uh, more well done. And in a lot of, there were some encounters that I was able to stealth my way through the entire time. Um, but then I, most of them ended up breaking down, uh, kind of having to use a lot of a lot of my resources. I felt like uh, you were kind of finding a lot of resources throughout this game, but I still always felt like I didn't have enough. In a way, like I thought their management there was really well done because you know I, I would have enough pistol ammo, but I might not. I might only have like three rounds for my shotgun and four for my rifle, and it's like I, ha- I probably have enough to get through here. But if I get in a big gunfight, I might be a little little screwed. So sometimes you had to get a little creative or run away and make the enemies uh, kind of miss you and almost reset things. I also thought when it came to combat encounters, like the new enemy types in this game were fucking really interesting to me, especially on the infected side. Uh, the stalkers, fuck those guys. Know, <laughs> like, the stalkers, like... Sure, you can't hear them, but as soon as you break stealth with them, they're all just running at you like regular ass infected. They are, but the but the fact that you can't uh, kind of I mean, they don't pop up in your listen mode uh, initially, and you don't really know where they were. I just thought they were really interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they are if you're playing through it like a stealth game, which I guess you could say they meant for you to try to stealth through a lot of stuff but like I don't know it was the, the the stalkers were not that interesting to me at all like it was like oh they're gonna hide a little bit but they're always just gonna go behind some waist high cover and like and as soon as it's broken it's you handle it like you handle anything else yeah I don't know I I, I liked them I liked them especially mixed in with clickers or something where uh, you might not have saw a stalker and now he's running up and now you're getting in a fight and now the clicker's alerted and I, don't know, I thought it was interesting. I like them. And then I, I also thought that the um, 
the Seraphites were interesting as well, especially that first time. Uh, yeah, they you, are you the fight first them. time, but I, I, I'm not sure if they are after that. Like after the after they've done their thing, I'm not sure that like. I feel like they don't behave much differently after they've done their trick. Um, I can see where you're coming from. I, I did think that they were different than the WLF because of how they communicated, I thought was interesting. And then just they're just a hell of a lot more accurate, I thought, than, than them. Um, not that they were hard or anything. I just thought they were interesting. They spiced things up to me. So I love combat in this game. I thought it was... Incredibly well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Hmm. What do you yeah. like about this game? Let me uh, ask you that. I like the Seattle area. I like the uh, the interactions with Ellie and Dina. But then the game just decides that that's not important, and we're going to go move on and do other things. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my main complaint. Is that hey, uh, we're just going to sideline Dina because she's pregnant. I don't, I don't, dis- I don't agree with that, but... Even though, like, like, you see on the other side, Mel, when you go on the Abby side of, of this story, Mel is out there super prego and still doing shit. Mm-hmm. But then, oh, I, I guess... Yeah, yeah, we just don't but want, that's also... We don't want Dina to get... We don't want Dina to get in the way of uh, of Ellie making decisions. We don't want that interesting conflict at all between Ellie's actions and what Dina might think of them. I, I disagree with you on that. Um, I, I think it's more that's how the WLFR and Mel wanted to be involved with that. Dina was not feeling the greatest, so why would she be out and about? I don't... I don't agree with you on that, personally. Yeah, I, I just thought it was really... It was just really convenient to write it that way so that Ellie can go off and do her murder spree without any restriction. Or any thought like thought to it from a second character, getting a second character's opinion on her going out and doing her thing. But she did, didn't she? Like, Dina didn't want her to go. She did, so I don't know. I I, I disagree with you on on that fact. Um, all right. Well, okay. Uh, hmm. All right. Let's. All right. Let's just get to the point here in the in the story. Like. Hmm. All right. I'm let's back sure up to the do... beginning. Let's back up all to right. the beginning. All right. Let's go through the story here. All right. Because so it starts off with Joel and Joel talking to Tommy about what happened basically and why they've returned why Ellie's still alive I thought that was a really interesting opening and I liked that a lot and I didn't expect them to start that way either and I thought that was a interesting way to kind of make it almost a direct continuation of the first game um, and then you end up riding into town uh, with Joel and Ellie, I thought that was a really cool thing. It was visually interesting, and then you kind of get into town and you start doing some things, and you can kind of tell that Joel, or eventually that Joel and Ellie aren't really on the same page anymore, which I thought was interesting. 
Um, but then you also get introduced to a lot of other characters, um, like Dina and Jesse, throughout throughout this section. What do you think of the opening of the game? Uh, I I generally like I liked the first five to six hours of this game, Tyler. That. <laughs> If, if I'm being completely honest, those are the first five to six hours of this game. Unquestioningly, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. What'd you make of? So eventually, um, you ca- you kind of are going out almost on like patrols that uh, the people that live in Jackson do uh, on the regular, and you end up kind of going out um, with with Dina. And then eventually there's kind of a, a switcheroo and you start playing as Abby. Mm-hmm. And you could tell they're looking for someone, most likely Joel, in this town. And you end up playing as her. And then the narratives somewhat start coming together. Joel ends up saving Abby, uh, basically from dying. In a, well, I thought that whole sequence was really well done. And then... Just get to the big moment here of Abby and all of her friends just murder the shit out of Joel. Um, yeah. What did you make of that? Joel got what he deserved. Probably. Yeah. After, like, he fucking shot up a whole hospital full of medical prode- professionals in this post-apocalypse. That caused, you've got to imagine, not only they don't get to make the cure... But also, all of these medical professionals are now dead in a post-apocalypse where they are probably very valuable uh, to have around. It's, uh-huh. yeah. I, and, like, this is before you even know, like, the specific reason why uh, this Abby took it to the extremes that she did. Um, but, uh, like, you could argue, well... I, I would find it hard to argue against that Joel uh, didn't deserve to die. Like, he he absolutely did. He probably, like, he probably almost deserved worse than what he got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was not... Sh- Let me back up. I was shocked that they killed him that early. I didn't see that coming. But I was not shocked that he died because of what what he did i thought before you later find out that basically with with abby this whole group this whole group is like ex-fireflies yes they're ex-fireflies and and one of the doctors that joel killed saving ellie in the first game was abby's father so she kind of on her own revenge quest to take out joel and I can I could totally understand that. I mean, Joel did what he did out of love for Ellie, but he, that might, in the grand scheme of humanity, that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> and and definitely, uh, really kind of fucked some things up. And he, yeah, did not do the right thing. And no, there's a lot of people in this universe that just. It's it's very gray. Like they might be trying to do the right things, but most of the time to get to there, they're doing bad things along the way. So most of these people are bad people uh, as well. And Joel is kind of in that realm to me of like he was trying to do the right thing, but 
ultimately that probably wasn't the right decision for the for the fate of the fucking world. Um, so I was I was surprised. It's it was a very gruesome scene uh, of his death, but I'll get into this now. Oh. Good. All I'll say is that I look at my golf clubs a little bit different right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. She had, Abby ends up beating the shit out of him with a golf club. He just he looked awful. That that like shot of him on the ground was like, oh god. And and Ellie's trying to save him because she knows something's kind of going down. Um, and so she's trying to save him, and that's how she ends up seeing him dying. Um, but they end up not killing her. They end up not killing Tommy. Although they I, absolutely should have. In the end, and probably. That seems to be one of the grim themes of this game is, hey, don't be merciful. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, it, I mean, I guess reflects upon, like, a lot of, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to be too accusatory, but, like, the worldview that this presents is, uh, hey, it doesn't pay to be nice at all. Yeah. I can, I can, I, I didn't think, think of it that way, but I could see where you're coming from. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of what, what happens there. Then, uh, Ellie basically decides to go on her quest to avenge these people, and avenge Joel, to kill all these people. Mm-hmm. Gonna kill every last one of them, which we've heard and many times. the thing is, we don't know this right now, but Ellie probably has a good idea of, like, and she even thinks about it, like... A, a little bit, like, and mentions it, like, Joel pissed off a lot of people. She, she like, the way she talks around it with Dina. Mm-hmm. Like, Joel pissed off a lot of people. It could be anybody, but Ellie probably knows at this point why this happened, and like, who, like, like what the connection likely was there. Right. And still decides that she is just in going after them. It really made me question, like, wait, Ellie is actually a selfish bitch. Right. And, yeah, I I can see that point. And to tack on something that I thought is, so as you play through this game, most chapters end with a flashback. um, And there were multiple flashbacks throughout playing, uh, especially this first half when you're playing with Ellie, of, you know, Ellie eventually finds out what Joel actually did, and she's not very happy about it, and her and Joel uh, don't really have a great relationship anymore. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, really kind of, like, along with, like, some selfishness, but that, to me, kind of, Almost made me question, like, why are we doing this then? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really understand. If you aren't on the same page, I get that you still probably care for him in some capacity, but I just don't. And him dying like that in front of you probably still made you feel something. But at the same time, like to murder all these people, I don't. I didn't really understand that um, until the very end. The very end. <laughs> I mean... Um, which, which you know, there's a, a great scene of Joel 
on his porch playing guitar. She comes home and they kind of have a chat and they, they want to kind of mend their relationship and move forward and, and get things back, I guess, kind of how they were. Um, because there, there are one of the flashbacks I really enjoyed was uh, when you go to the museum uh, for her birthday. I thought that was really, really cool and a really great moment. And so you think about those things of, you know, they, they've, they used to really enjoy each other and then they didn't and then they want to be on the mend. I still am not 100% sure if it's still justified why she did everything that she did. Um, And also, like, is it it realistic for a person to hold a grudge that strong? Like, they went, like, it wasn't like they were, like, immediately the day after they were killing these people. Mm. They They rode horseback from Jackson, Wyoming to Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> it's Which a long journey. It probably took a while. <laughs> yeah. And that's a long time to hold this grudge. And, like, I get it. You can be really pissed off in the moment. But most people, when they've had some time to cool off, and especially knowing that, hey, Joel probably had this coming, like, why the fuck did this game even happen? Yeah. I think that's, like, I, I don't... I, I can <laughs> I agree with you on that. Like, it's a long time uh, to really hold a grudge just that incredibly strong, and I think that might be like my biggest criticism of the game in a way of like I just I'm not fully sure if everything was kind of justified in her revenge or revenge of Joel's death. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, like, that last scene I thought was really great. Especially, you know, after she kind of walks away and then you can see Joel's, like, about to kind of... He's got tears in his eyes. And it's like, oh, man. You know, that that that, that sucks that, you know, they, they wanted to make things better between both of them. And then, you know, he dies the next day sort of thing. Uh, that, that would suck if that actually fucking happened. Uh, but... Yeah, that that's probably my my biggest thing for sure. Um, but I'll say, like throughout the first uh, throughout playing as Ellie, I thought there were some amazing moments, especially just between her and Dina. Like, I I liked that relationship between the two. I loved their banter and loved just about everything about it. Ultimately, um, yeah. So then. I mean, is there anything, I guess, along along the way with Ellie's journey and for throughout the first three days that stood out to you or that you want to chat about that you didn't like? Uh, well, hmm. I'd just like to point out a few things. Mm-hmm. Eugene, former Firefly. Old, di- old, old dude died of natural causes, but before he died, is he the one who tipped them off? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Was it Eugene? Did Eugene do this? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I... Hmm. Yeah, I, I just find it really hard. Like, I've been... Like, it's... It's like Ellie holds this fucking anger. Like, this road rage-like anger. But 
unlike Road Rage, which usually fucking fades, like, I, I just find it so hard to be that angry, angry enough to travel, like, hundreds of miles to <laughs> kill a ton of people. Yeah. Like, and, and some, and even along the way, just in the method of getting there, I mean, it, it does this whole thing, like, hey, you're killing a lot of other people who weren't even actually involved in this just because they're, they're, a, they're uh, aligned or they're in the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like Ellie doesn't realize, hey, you're fucking doing the same damn thing to other people on your way to get revenge. Not even getting your revenge, but just on the way, you're killing a bunch of fucking people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it kind of gets to some things that, you know, are towards the end of the game that I want to talk about. Of like, ultimately, revenge probably isn't worth it. And hate so much hate can leave you with nothing and leave you alone and in i think that's you know kind of a theme of the game is that being so hateful like that is not worth it and can really lead to harm of other people because you think about some of the other people that are closest to to Ellie throughout this journey, you know, Jesse ends up dying. Uh, Dina, they, you know, end up being together at the end, but then she ends up leaving her. And so she's emotionally hurt because of Ellie's hate and, and wanting to just complete her quest. You think about Tommy. Tommy was like shot through the fucking eye. You know, like everybody around her suffered and it in that sort of hate and want for revenge is most likely never worth it mm-hmm. that's just something that I kind of took away from the game at the end yeah I mean that that is the big big obvious theme of the game that's like yeah hate and revenge are not good things and yeah. they might be powerful but they aren't very good in the end for anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and one of Ellie's big things throughout the first and second game is that she never wanted to be alone. Mm-hmm. And that was like her ultimate fear. And then at the end of the game, she is alone. She has literally nothing or no one anymore. I thought that was kind of powerful. When you go back through the farm at the very end, they were skipping ahead a little bit, but then there's, you know, the cutscene of her just walking away from their house. And I just uh, thought that was really interesting there. Um, So yeah, let's get to the whole Abby section too, because then the game switches up and you start playing as Abby. And this was... (laughs) I'll say this with Abby. I thought her character was cool. I thought there was some interesting storytelling there. I don't know if I needed all of it, all of her gameplay in in all of her sections, but but her weapons I, were so much better. They were. I, I yeah, we can talk about that. Really fucking good. Yeah, yeah, we can definitely talk about that because because I, I I thought that as well. And then, but I will say probably my most favorite gameplay sequences and moments in this game happened during Abby's sections of the game. 
And so you end up playing. So with Ellie, you're playing Seattle day one, two, and three. Uh, and then you end up playing Abby day one, two, and three. And obviously, at the end of Ellie's day three, things kind of uh, hit hit their head, the boiling point. And then so then you play on Abby's side to get back to the same point. Um, which I do genuinely really like that. I, I like that they switched it up. Um, and I liked kind of the dual narrative. Uh, like I said, I just don't know. Abby's section just felt super long. Um, and I'm just, I wasn't sure if it needed to be that long. But in the end, I think there's some interesting things to come out of it. So I, what do you make of Abby's Abby's section? Uh think i enjoyed abby's section more than uh more than ellie's to be honest, if i'm being honest <laughs> yeah like out like if you take especially if you take away that the day one seattle stuff where you're in that open area mm-hmm. it, like i definitely just like i i enjoyed the narrative around uh like abby's like building that that whole side of the world where like Hey, uh, former Firefly coming here to join the WLF because the Fireflies got fucking destroyed. And, like, it's... I, and building this relationship with this new group of people, I feel like... I felt that was stronger. A, a little bit stronger than, I don't know, like, the Jesse stuff. Like, and... I don't know. It just... Yeah. It, I, I felt it, hit, it, it, was, it was a lot stronger, like... And it, it did a lot more for the world building and, like, what's actually happening in Seattle. Yeah, and I, I you know, thinking about it, like, like I, I, I am criticizing the length of it a little bit just because of... And I think the only reason why I'm criticizing the length of it is because you know where it ends up. And I just felt like that cliffhanger, it was, like, so fucking long. And it's just like, all right. I really just want to see what happens beyond that. But the more I think about Abby's story and, and like I said, these gameplay sequences, which there's a couple I really want to talk about, um, I probably enjoyed playing that more than than Ellie's in the end, now that I think about it more. Um, so, yeah, you end up playing as, as Abby, and I thought it was really interesting seeing, like, the WLF at... Uh, uh, what Gillette Stadium is that it? Seattle Seahawks Stadium is kind of their home base and where they're living. I, I thought that was so cool to to see that and and to kind of walk through uh, those spaces. And then, um, what do you make of like some of the characters around her, like Owen and Isaac uh, and and Mel? Um, what in I forget the dog's name, but. There's a puppy. Uh, what would you make of some of the characters, you know, around around Abby? Uh, well, Manny is just a oh yeah, Manny, a Latino yeah. lover stereotype. Which I mean, <laughs> fucking games can do better than that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is what it is, I guess. Um, Owen just struck me as like a little bit weird, but like I don't know. Mm-hmm. He seemed he seemed all right, but he just seemed like a little bit weird and like maybe a little bit more thoughtful about the world than a yeah. lot of the other people. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Mel is 
a medical professional. She does like she does good work. I don't know. She she's not all into the violence. Mm-hmm. Um. And then there's Nora. I mean, okay. So I want to get to this point real quick, Tyler. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you noticed it or not. They sure really like to make black people the the named black characters in this not seem like decent people at all. Like it's the scene where Nora gets her fucking brains bashed in by uh by Ellie. Like her last words were uh something along the lines of Joel was a little bitch who deserved what he had coming. Uh-huh. And then fucking the way you're introduced to Isaac is that he's torturing someone. Uh-huh. Like, it, it, I just I feel like Naughty Dog has a hard time of like you know being thoughtful <laughs> about the way they uh, introduce or, some characters in their game. Uh, I, I don't know, and even towards the end, like, I, not a named character, but like. You disfigure this big black dude's face as he's attacking you. They really... And I don't know, it's just something about being in this moment of our history, of of things happening around the world in real life, and seeing this, it's like... I know they, like, probably these decisions were probably made a long time ago, but even still, things weren't great back then. But seeing them now, it just made me a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I see your point for sure. Um, I mean, I'm not disregarding it, but you, you are also just disfiguring and beating the shit out of so many other people as well. Yeah, but... So I don't think there's anything You know that, bit, that, that encounter it, with Abby on the island towards the end there, right? You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. They paid specific detail to that sequence. <laughs> they did. A lot of detail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think there's some things that could be done there, but also, you know, Naughty Dog is also forward in some other ways about uh, kind of pushing games forward. Uh, I think... I'm not like I'm not disregarding your point. I totally see where it's coming from. It's something that I never thought of. Um, but you know, I think having Ellie being gay is a, and that's like the main character. I thought I, you know that's a big deal. I think in video games, um, and something hopefully we see more of. Um, so I do. I I think I think they do good, Naughty Dog. But then, yeah, they do have. The other side that they could probably improve on. Mm-hmm. I forget her name though, but they're they're the, the the Firefly doctor from the first game that kind of gives uh, Ellie to Joel. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, she she's gets killed right away. No, not Wait, not oh, in the no. first game. Oh no. no, no, I'm thinking about the other. Oh, yeah, no, she, no, she gets killed at the end, right? Yeah, she gets killed at the end, but she's definitely a good character trying to do the right thing so yeah I see that yeah and like another thing that happens in Abby's section the way they reveal a trans character is by dead naming them with that's like that's I might uh, might have not picked Lev Lev is a trans man 
Oh, yeah, he is. Okay, yep, you're right. And the way they reveal that is having the other Seraphites call him by by his dead name, which, if it, like, that, that sucks. Uh, it sucks in real life when that happens to people, and the, I feel like there was a better way they could have gone forward with this. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's... They're going to take a lot of credit for being like, hey, we put a trans character in our game, but then, like, it's the point of, like, just because it's representation doesn't mean it's good representation, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's fair. And, like, I, I feel like there's probably a better way to do that and, like, to do that in a more forward way than, like, oh, this side character that's going to be a foil for, like, Abby realizing that uh, there's more to life than revenge or and, and killing people. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I... I just... I have specific problems with how Naughty Dog does things, but I... I can see that they're trying. But... There, yeah. there are just some very specific ways that they decide to do some things around representation of different marginalized people that, like, to be honest, sucks right right now. Uh, but uh, hopefully they can do better. They certainly have the resources to do better. Like, this game is a very expensive game, just looking at it. Um, so hopefully they can invest some of that... Uh, some of those resources into doing better by marginalized people. I'd say they... I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I would also say that they are... I feel like they're doing better than a lot of studios out there in terms of inclusion. In terms of AAA studios, for sure, but... Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah. In the AAA space, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's something that I think could be improved on. I, I will say... I enjoyed Lev's character a lot, and I enjoyed Yara a lot as well. Um, I, I I liked their entire story. I liked uh, Abby, you know, Abby kind of... Because the WLF and the Seraphites are not... They don't like each other. They're constantly fighting each other. Yeah, they, they, have, a, they have a history uh, that's told through some notes... Uh, it isn't very clear, I mean, like, and it's become more clear, like, some of the inspiration through some interviews. I'm not sure if you watched any interviews of uh, Neil Druckmann or Hallie Gross. Not yet, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, if, man, there are some, uh, there are some things if you listen to any, or read it of, up on those interviews. Uh, so basically, uh, Neil Druckmann um, is from Israel. I'm not sure if you knew that. Grew okay. up on the West Bank uh, through the Israel-Palestine conflict. But mm-hmm. So basically, this whole conflict between uh, the Seraphites and the WLF is based on his perspective of the Israel- and Palestine conflict. Gotcha. And when you think about that, and the ways that both of those sides are portrayed, it's... I don't know, it it seems pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, 
It seems like he's trying to say something in his game about a real-world conflict that uh, is a little bit gross. Like, if you assume that he's he's um, portraying the Seraphites as the Muslim Pakistan or uh, Palestine Palestine eh, Palestine people, and the WLF as the uh, Israeli people, and you look at the way that those two sides are portrayed. You can definitely see that he thinks less of a certain group of people. Hmm. Interesting. I did not know that's the inspiration of it. Yeah, what it, what what people then? The Seraphites? Yeah, the Seraphites. Gotcha. It's yeah, I I'm trying not to draw that. I I don't want that to be true. That that's the direct co- connection, but man, it's it's hard not to think of, especially when you've read some of those interviews and like read that. Hey, this is the inspiration for some of this conflict, and it's it's hard. Like, I I don't want to map it one to one. I I kind of I'm trying not to do that in my head because that just leads to some very dark conclusions about Neil Druckmann and his worldviews. Interesting. Um, I yeah. In the end, I I did really like Lev in in that story and in that. In the fact that when Abby murdered Joel, she didn't really feel, I guess, fulfillment in that, in her feelings. But it was doing something, I guess, more out of the kindness of her heart. You know, of course, uh, Lev and Yar saved her and she feels kind of grateful for that. That she wants, she feels the need to save them and take care of them, even though they are, you know, on the other side, and and she's supposed to hate them. That's where she kind of gets, kind I guess, fulfillment out of. I, I thought that was a really interesting and yeah, uh, I mean, a good good message to me. I thought. I think a lot of the interesting part of that is that. Hey, Abby and her friends are this group of fireflies who came in. They aren't necessarily, like, they've been with the WLF for not very long at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, are they fully bought into this conflict? Do they really have that kind of, uh, right. like, is that really just ingrained into the way of, their way of thinking? Mm-hmm. That these people are less than people and they deserve to die? Yeah. Um, like, it's... Like, it it presents an opportunity for her to, like, hey, uh, maybe the WLF, WLF ain't it. <laughs> yeah. And I think she kind of comes to terms with that eventually, you know, especially when, like, Isaac wanted uh, her to kill them and all this stuff. She was just like, no, you know, I'm, I'm not killing these people because they're, you know, that's, that's not worth it. And I care about these people. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just thought that was that was good storytelling once again of like hate isn't worth it, sort of thing, and and just because someone else might have different views than you, or you know thinks differently than you, doesn't mean you should hate them, um, because they you know they're they're people too, and you can uh, you can probably come to terms and maybe even really like other people that think differently than you or something. I just, 
I thought that was good storytelling. Yeah. To me. I will say, you know, like I said, with Abby's section here of all three days, some of my favorite gameplay sequences. So uh, when you are with Lev going to get uh, the uh, hospital stuff, equipment to help Yara, uh, and you're like high up in in uh, the Seattle area with all these like bridges that the Seraphites have built, holy shit, that was just, that was so cool to me. Um, and then even when you're going down through that I guess it's a hotel I forget what it was but when you're going down through that hotel and you have to uh, get the gas mask for Lev because he doesn't have one and then you end up going down just I I loved everything about that entire section of uh, gameplay and then eventually when you end up running into the WLF and you go into the uh, into the hospital and you have to go down um, to get some additional stuff. <laughs> that boss fight against basically the boss or, or what you turn into at the end of Inside uh, was just fucking crazy intense to me. And I was, I, I don't know, I loved everything about that boss I fight. I thought it was really silly. I thought really? It was a very, I thought it was a very silly thing for them to do just to like smash these things together. Interesting. I, 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 I liked it a lot, and I thought it was it was very intense. I laughed out loud when I saw it. <laughs> nice. I, I liked it, personally. That was one of my favorite moments in the game. I liked the intensity of it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, man. And then, uh, you know, going to uh, the Seraphite's Island, then eventually to get Lev um, so that he doesn't basically take revenge on his mother. Um, he is No, he isn't going to take revenge. He's going to try to convince his mother to leave. Right. Yeah, yeah right, 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 right. Yeah. It, you're going to rescue Lev, and you go to the Seraphite's Island. I thought that was really cool as well. I liked a lot of those combat scenarios. And then, you know, eventually it just, you know, it goes into chaos because the WLF invades the island. And when you are trying to escape eventually with Lev... And you're on the horseback, and everything's burning, and everybody's killing each other. I'm like, this is awful. And once again, it's just like this stuff just is not worth it to do this stuff. And you're just taking lives and destroying people's lives, you know, their homes and their land, all this stuff. It's just that stuff's just not worth it. And I thought that was really, really powerful towards the end there. Escaping. Visually very, very good. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean... game's very beautiful. Yeah, they... Naughty Dog has a history of making these consoles do things that you don't think they should be able to do. Right. Yeah. uh, Yeah, this game looked very impressive. I mean... I... I tried to draw the line here. It looked very expensive to me. Like, I'm not sure, like... I'm not sure art direction wise like it, it, sure it was an impo- it's a post-apocalyptic city that's overgrown that's been done before in other games it's just that they had the resources to realize that environment to a more uh, to a greater fidelity mm-hmm. yeah it's it's wild i feel like there's not not anything that's repeated in this game any sort of art asset asset um 
and just the amount of detail they went into just every single little section of this game is uh, the environment and art teams. I mean, everybody just they need to be commended for that. That's that they glass breaking. Great work. Oh yeah, glass breaking. That sounded awesome. like sounded like Stone Cold was coming in every time. Yeah, definitely. It's just insane too how many different areas there are to explore in this game. Even even in the linear section, just buildings you can go into and all this stuff that wasn't there in the first game. Mm-hmm. You can understand why this game took a lot of time. For sure. Yeah. In Crunch. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It's very detailed. Yeah, I mean, the Crunch might not, like, hey, maybe just extend your development time. Don't Crunch. Or, like, find a better way to, like, handle that higher up if you have to. I, like, we can have this conversation about <laughs> video game Crunch every fucking episode because there seems to be some studio doing it wrong. Um, but yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Crunch is ever the answer to do this. Probably better project management would be my guess. Would be a better way to handle this. I think project management certainly would help, for sure. Um, yeah, I just hope everybody that worked on this game is getting a lot of time off. <laughs> you know, at least there's no multiplayer. I know they're developing, but there's no fucking servers they need to make sure are working or anything like that. They just kind of ship the game sort of thing. But. Um, yeah, so then you go through all that section, everything kind of comes together, then you play as Abby going to the theater that Ellie's staying at, and and oh, shit goes down. Hey, Good. did you notice, the only time Ellie felt bad about killing anyone is when she killed Mel, because, ooh, she's pregnant, ooh, my girlfriend's pregnant, this, this, per- this is a person because she's pregnant, and I know what that's like because I have a pregnant person I care about. That's uh-huh. the only time... Ellie ever seems to give a shit up to this point. True. About the people she's killing. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong there. Definitely. I think I would I would just think I guess to her there's there's a line and I don't think she knew Mel was pregnant, but then when she realizes she's just like fuck. But not saying that's justifiable. Certainly. But Mel was super prego, she probably tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'll also say, too, um, backing up a little bit, I liked all the stuff with Abby and Owen in the aquarium. I thought exploring that aquarium was was pretty cool and kind of interesting how Owen just was like, this is my home now. I live in an aquarium. Like, all right. Did you beat him? Did you do that game oh, where yeah, you I, have to shoot? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah me too. I, yeah. That was fun. Um, I didn't notice until like the last ten seconds that you were allowed to move from your spot, though. So I shot like, <laughs> eight or nine targets from the same spot. Nice, nice. Yeah, I guess too. Before we move on, though, um, yeah, Abby's weapons were so much cooler than Ellie's. Oh, that hunting pistol! Oh yeah, oh, my God. dude, that thing just wrecked anybody in like one shot, especially if you upgraded the uh, damage aspect of it and then i i uh i like the crossbow a lot i thought that thing was cool um then you get a flamethrower that ship about like the paranoid people on the cruise ship i did yeah that was cool that was crazy it's it's really a shame that all the all the best world building in this game happens in those fucking notes (laughs) i like 
you get so much a better sense for what this world is if you read those notes, but you have to go out and f go out of your way to find them and actually open up and read them. Yeah. I just wish there was a way they could do that better, but I'm I. They don't pay me to come up with these kinds of ideas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like that's that's a thing with a lot of video games. Like I think about Destiny. Like, the best world building was in the Grimoire cards. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot of really cool stuff you could find in Control. Like, you know, fucking, I don't know, Skyrim, Mass Effect. There's all sorts of stuff where the world building's just, like, thrown in these notes. And that stuff's cool. Um, you always just wish more of yeah, it got into the like, game. Like, in a lot of those other games, there's enough, like, world building happening, actually, like, with what you see on screen outside mm -hmm. of those notes. I feel like The Last of Us doesn't provide enough world building outside of those notes to me. Like, it's just to establish, like, especially establishing the conflict between the Seraphites and the WLF, or, like, establishing, like, who the WLF are and how they came to rise to power. Like, a lot of that mm -hmm. stuff you just don't get a sense for at all. Yeah, I'll, I'll, notes. I'll, agree with, I'll, I'll agree with you on that, for sure. In terms of, like, some major story components with with them for sure I, i'll agree with you on that um yeah so yeah then then things come to a boiling point uh what jesse gets killed tommy gets shot through the eye and then you you play as abby through this sequence where it's yeah. basically like a boss fight against ellie and you're yep. chasing her through the theater um, and you have to do a lot of, you have to basically use stealth most of the time to sneak up on her. Cause Ellie's like a fucking super soldier. Apparently I thought that was interesting. Uh, interesting. Not like not in a very good way to me. I was like, okay, sure. Um, but then it ends up of Abby is just, well, what Dina comes in there at one point, right? Yeah, she comes in right at the end of right the, like when the end, when right. uh when Abby is on top of Ellie about to just beat the shit out of like right right beat her to death right and um, she absolutely could have killed her then mm. <laughs> um so yeah then Ellie's all fucked up Dina's all fucked up and Abby was gonna kill Dina and she chose not Lev to stops Lev right. interrupts her and just tells her that it, it's enough. Right. Um, What'd you make of that? That whole whole sequence, story, boss fight, whatever. Uh, I, you know, it's really hard to be a minority in Naughty Dog games, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it just really does. It really does seem to be difficult. Uh, in like Jesse just gets shot right through the fucking face. <laughs> yeah, he did. That was that was pretty unceremonious. Yeah, <laughs> he just opens a door, shot in the face. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. The whole like Ellie trying to reason with Abby didn't make any fucking sense at all. Like she like she has this blind fucking rage up until this point. And, oh, she kills one pregnant person, so she shows she's uh, okay with letting Abby go this time. Right. 
it, yeah. it just didn't make much sense at all. Like, why, like, oh, boo-hoo, you might lose Tommy. What's her connection to Tommy, other than Tommy's fucking Joel's brother? Yeah, I think that's probably it, and that, you know, she's been around Tommy for a while. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. It just didn't make much sense. It seemed like she was ready to get this revenge at all costs. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. towards the end, it seems like... like, And this even fucking changes. She changes her mind later on. Like, later on in the game. Like, after this sequence. It's, like... It's really frustrating. Like, like I don't know. It's very convenient for the storytelling. For for the way that uh, Ellie chooses to handle th- certain situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought I, I was kind of like, "Holy shit!" Like, are they going to kill Ellie here? Because this story's been going all wild places, and who the fuck knows? Uh, they probably that, should have. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a. Uh, after all that Ellie has done to the people around Abby, I thought it was very... I'm trying to think of the word. Um, big, like, I'm, just, I'm blanking on the word. I just thought it was... It said something about Abby not killing Dina and just walk away from it. Um, and, you know, at that point, Abby's just like, done with this Abby's like done with this entire conflict yeah uh, at, at this point after that and um, what then then you get to uh, did this get to the farm then yeah I think it's the farm next yeah yeah so yeah then then they go to the farm it's um, I, f- I forget did they give a time frame I'm How not sure clear but- the baby's there. Looks like the baby. I'm not sure how old that baby is. Right. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure either. It's it's several months, maybe a year later. Who knows? Um, it's Abby, Dina, and Dina's baby, um, and they're just or Ellie. Sorry, Ellie, Abby. <laughs> wow, like getting them all fucked up. Ellie, Dina, and Dina's baby. Um, did they give a name to that baby? I don't remember. Oh man, I'm trying to. I might have missed it. I, I might have missed it. Regardless, they're living on a farm and. Trying to build a life together, um, and his name's JJ. Is that is that what that's it is? Dina's baby. Okay, JJ. JJ. Oh, all right, that's that's a cool name. Um, but yeah, they're just trying to live live a life, build a life together, raising this kid, and um, Ellie just can't seem to get away from her traumatic memories, I guess. When you run into the barn and she's like screaming after you heard all the sheep back in, and she's like screaming, holding the kid, um, kind of thinking back of when Joel was killed. Then um, Tommy shows up, and Tommy's like, I know where she is. She's in Santa Barbara, which this whole time, too, Santa Barbara was kind of thrown out there of like the fireflies or maybe restarting things down there. Yeah, Owen's plan was to get them all out of Seattle and down to Santa Barbara. Right, which I thought that was fucking really cool. And so, and Ellie's just like, no, I'm not going to. Tommy's like, I'm fucking mad at you. Um, 
you know, basically, Tommy wanted Ellie to go on the quest to complete it, but then Ellie chose to not do that. Um, and, yeah, and, like, it's, Tommy can go fuck off, really, <laughs> honestly. Like, oh, you got your eye shot out, uh, and, like, Jesse got killed, but you want fucking Ellie to uproot her life to go finish off this revenge quest. Yeah. That you were okay calling off up until the point you got your eye shot out and Jesse died. Right, yeah. I I, I thought that was kind of weird, it, ultimately. I'm just like, I don't know. If I got my eye shot out and Jesse died, I don't know if I'd want to continue. Once again, it's not worth it. After everything that happened. And so I just, I thought that was kind of weird because yeah he was calling off the whole thing and and ellie wanted to still go find abby and you know tommy's like no we're done and uh, yeah i thought that was that was interesting and just kind of weird um then ellie can't stop thinking about it and then she ends up leaving and dina's not very happy at all which she shouldn't be <laughs> ellie's kind of throwing away everything they have for for this and um and and yeah it's a little ultimately pretty stupid yeah and like i think it's not a decision that makes sense for the character to me like it doesn't make sense for me like to think about ellie and like what she's done and what she's been through and like where she is like she's in a happy place right now she has a family she she has like she's not going to be able be alone like which is her greatest fear right. is being alone she, right she has what she wants and it's it's just really foolish to think that like she would want to go out and go out on this fucking revenge quest again that didn't end very well last time mm-hmm. i'm not sure what she thought was going to change this time um, yeah but yeah it just seemed very foolish and just like just a way for Naughty Dog to extend this game by another couple hours, where it could have ended on a nice note, it just didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it was... I don't know. I I thought it was kind of... It's like kind of once again of like, how much fucking time has passed at this point? And I know a lot of bad shit has happened, but like, damn. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of weird that she left, and I was like, what are you doing? Like, Ellie, don't do this shit. Um, but then you skip to Abby, um, you play as Abby again with Lev, and you are looking for the Fireflies down in Santa Barbara, and turns out, uh, the Fireflies are real, and they kind of get a location of where they are, apparently the Fireflies are, what they say, 200 strong, Mm, uh, and... So, uh, dude, playing as Abby during the sequence, I'm like, let's fucking go. I want to see the Fireflies so badly. And ultimately, what I thought was going to happen, and maybe I'm stupid for thinking this, I thought Abby was going to go to the Fireflies, and they would have a, maybe a happy ending or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and find the Fireflies. And then Ellie still searching for Abby would run into the Fireflies and then ultimately, potentially, give her life to help create a vaccine. 
because that's what she wanted and she was pissed off of that Joel didn't do it. Um, and she wanted her she life to mean something. In the matter. Right. Yeah. And she, and she said before, she, you know, I wanted my life to mean something. Um, and I and thought... It does mean something already at this point. <laughs> what's that? It, her life already means something at this point. Like, she has a meaningful relationship. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I thought she would end up maybe giving her life to the Fireflies for... You know, we're we're back to where the first game ended, but that's that's kind of what I was thinking about. Maybe I'm fucking stupid for thinking that, but um, yeah, you well, as Abby, you find out fireflies are real. You come back upstairs and you're like, all right, let's go, let's go find these. And her and Lev just get fucked up by these big dudes, uh, mm-hmm. especially one of them. That dude is fucking huge. And yeah, that that's. Unfortunate yep. for them. They get kidnapped by fucking slavers. Yes. And it's like, oh boy, okay. Yeah, let's keep the darkness coming. But um, so then, then you start playing as Ellie. You're down in Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara, and you're looking for the same house uh, as uh, that Abby was in. Um, kind of going through some combat scenarios. Uh, I like the look of Santa Barbara. I thought it was kind of fresh for The Last of Us. Um, just a lot of sunlight, a little bit more color, stuff like that. Get a little bit of a Southern California in you. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I thought it was a beautiful place. And then um, Ellie ends up getting captured by the same people. Uh, she kind of s- triggers like a trap. And, dude... I cringed when, uh, cringed and like, oh god, that had to fucking hurt. When she got, like, hung up by the rope or whatever, and then flung into that, like, spike. Oh god, like, ran into the, the side, like, holy shit. Last of Us, though. When Joe got spiked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he they got spiked in trick. a little different way, though. But, <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. He got, he got it done a little bit differently, but... Still, and I was Laura like, Clark oh. Got, got a spike through the abdomen, too? Yeah. Like, this this yeah. is the thing that video games keep doing over and over again. Yeah. It's gross. <laughs> video games like spikes through the abdomen. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, God, how's she going to get out of this now? Um, but then, yeah, eventually gets out of it because there's a clicker there. Pushes the dude into the clicker, and shit happens. And she fucking murders that dude after... He tells her where she needs to go. Um, so then you're on your way to find Abby, where she is supposedly being held prisoner. Uh, I like the locations in a lot of the areas. Once again, you're kind of fighting in um, here. I just thought I just thought it genuinely looked cool, even even if these people are completely fucked up um, with what they do. Um, but then you find. You find out that Abby is being held in a cell, so you go there. She's not there because she tried to escape. And what did the guy say? She's she's probably on the pillars. Is that what they called yeah. them? Yep. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Eventually, all these prisoners get let out, and this place is just fucking on fire. Um, and then you go down, and you find Abby fucking... I mean, Lev's there too, but you find Abby first. Like, just 
brutal, uh, like how they torture these people on these just giant pillars. They're they're just like hanging there, basically. I don't know. That was fucked up, and, and you, you could tell, like, um, like Abby just looked awful uh, because of just you know being held captive. Um, I was like, fuck. That sucks. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, so, I guess they just want want they just want to hammer home that hey, this world is bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times they have to do it. <laughs> they probably don't have to do it anymore, but they they sure like to fucking smack that hammer over your head. <laughs> Everybody's bad in this world for sure. Um, and then, oh god, so, Tyler. They Good. do the Naughty Dog thing, which I think sucks in every game. It's the worst part of every Naughty Dog game. And that is? The final boss fight, one-on-one. <laughs> Hand-to-hand. Yeah. It's... I thought it was better in this game than in uh, Uncharted It's 4. better choreographed. Yeah. But as a gameplay sequence, it is just as bad as any of the other endings of the Naughty Dog games that do this. Yeah, I wasn't... I didn't think it was bad. I just wasn't, like, overly excited about it, because in my head I'm like, hey, you guys kind of done this before. Like, a lot. Um, But, yeah, basically what happens is there's boats, and Abby gets Lev down and they're leaving. And then Ellie's just like, I can't let you leave. And at this point I'm just like, do we have to do this, Ellie? Like, really? Like, I just, I just, can it still be worth it at this point? It can't be. Um, yeah, and you end up fighting a fucking brutal fight. Uh, Ellie could have very much killed Abby by drowning her and chose not to. She started, I guess, uh, thinking about... Happier memories of Joel, right? And and not uh, just him dying, and chose to let her go. Ultimately, yeah. yeah I mean, sure, that's a way for the game to end. I mean, uh, she. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that. She did something good out of this in a way of Abby and Lev would have died if it wasn't for her. They would have. And she kind of saved them, even though she wasn't wanting to do that. So, yeah, it was. Yeah, it I was mean, it's like, hey, you see that, sure, there's this person who did something very personal to you. And it hurts. But also, they're a victim of these other people who are arguably a lot fucking worse. And you right. realize that, oh, there are a lot worse things in the fucking world that are happening. And it's very fucking selfish of me to go to fucking carry out my mission, even though, like, it's it fuck, it's meaningless in the face of all this other shit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It is. When you, when you think about what's going on in that world, it is meaningless. Um, so yeah, then you end up being back at the farm, and Dean is gone. 
and everything's gone. And her fingers are gone. She yep. can't play the guitar. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, that was fucking holy shit. Yeah, Ellie has lost two fingers at this point. That was crazy. Um, yeah, she can't can't play the guitar anymore. She can't bring herself to do it, which I I thought was interesting. And ends up leaving the guitar there and walking out, and that's it. She's she's all on her own with no one. And yeah. I would say that her her quest for revenge didn't really work out for her. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, so. Yeah. I don't know. I, the ending of the game kind of really soured me on a lot of what the game was setting up. You mean the very end or just yeah, like the this, whole end sequence? Like... Everything past Seattle kind of soured me on the game. Gotcha. Like, well, past the... Well, okay, so the farm up until the time Tommy shows up. Once Tommy shows up, the game is downhill from there for me. Hmm. Gotcha. Uh, I I didn't hate the end sequence. I I kind of like the ending. Um, From what I was saying, I, I like that whole scene between Ellie and Joel... And I like, I just like this storytelling aspect of um, Ellie's quest was not worth it. None of the stuff's worth it. And she now lost everything and is alone. And that was her biggest fear. I like, I like that story aspect. But um, I, I do think they maybe could have gotten there or maybe went somewhere different. Who knows? In, in a different fashion. Um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, You got anything else? I just think there are are more interesting ways they could have told this story. Like, the whole backtracking, playing both as Abby and Ellie through those same three days, I feel like there was a better structure there than to just, I don't know, leave it at a cliffhanger and then go back through those three days again. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just felt like that, I mean, that's like ten hours that that you you have that cliffhanger and then it's like ten hours later you finally get to it and I'm like, ah. Like I, like I said, I, I liked Abby's sequence for the most part. Has had some of my favorite gameplay moments, but yeah, there probably was a different way they could have got there. I mean, the way they could have got there is that you don't really play as Ellie in the in those first three days until like and like you, you just play as Abby and then Ellie shows up looking to kill you. Like that would have mm-hmm. been a lot more. I I don't know. I I feel like I would have liked that a lot more if you were just playing as Abby in Seattle until uh, Ellie shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that that probably would have been more interesting for sure. I mean, it is... Um... And then, like, okay. the thing they could have, if they wanted more Ellie, the thing they could have done more with that is just their journey to Seattle from Jackson. Mm-hmm. You could have done that, and then Ellie arrives in Seattle, but then you switch to Abby for those days that Ellie is in Seattle, but you're playing as Abby and do that stuff. Yeah. And you, like, hear, like, some things going down. Yeah, it could be interesting. 
Um, damn it. I just lost my train of thought. Anyway. I think... A lot of coincidences in this game's story, too. Some, very, yeah. Some very coincidental things, like Abby happening to run into Joel mm-hmm. in, in the first sequence there. You just happen to run into the guy you're supposed to kill. <laughs> yeah. Very convenient. Yeah, it, it is convenient, for sure, but I also thought it made it interesting. Like, I, I wonder what was kind of maybe going through her mind in that, like, Joel just saved my ass, but I'm here to murder him. <laughs> like, he just saved me. Should I? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Also, I'll just say this, too. Everybody freaking out about this game, and especially, like, the death threats to, like, Laura Bailey and other people, completely ridiculous. And it does not need to happen. Like, I don't know. If you're that upset about a fucking video game, you got some problems. I'll say that. Yeah, and the thing is that that kind of stuff stifles the actual criticisms of the game because then people in power, like Neil Druckmann, can just put a cloud out just a broad statement being like yeah about this kind of harassment and then kind of like subtly lump in criticisms of his game as harassment right it's yeah I it it sucks a lot of people out there fucking suck uh they shouldn't be sending death death threats but also we should be allowed to criticize games without like in some people's case, PR getting in the way and trying to pull, trying to get you to pull down your reviews and stuff like, and things like that that have happened. Um, yeah. yeah, it can, it can stifle the criticism. It could also potentially even stifle future creativity as well. Of if a, you know, now I think. It's maybe a little bit worse with Naughty Dog just because of how high caliber of a studio they are, how big of a game The Last of Us is. But if there's another major game out there that wants to take a risk in in, in their storytelling and, and have a different character or kill off a certain character, you know, it could stifle creativity there of like, wow, we don't want this fucking reaction. Um, I also yeah, think anyone, the leaks don't help either with this game at all, either. That doesn't yeah, help. Anyone who didn't think that Joel deserved to die is absolutely just... I don't know. You've, you've got no, some, I mean, I don't... Some, some kind of special to not see see Joel getting what's coming to him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... I'm not saying he didn't, but, you know, there's, there's people out there that are mad that they killed Joel. Like, oh, fuck this shit. And it's like... I don't like that's just kind of ridiculous to me it's 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 the same fucking reaction that happened to Star Wars with The Last Jedi the most recent Game of Thrones season it's just kind of like uh, the story didn't go the way that I wanted it to go and so fuck you go write fanfic and shut the fuck up yeah and and like that sort of reaction just I, I can't get behind it I think it's it's complete bullshit when those things happen. And um, it, it's one thing to not like it. Like, there's some story things that I didn't like about in this game. Um, there's some story things I didn't like about Game of Thrones or Star Wars. But 
it doesn't mean that I should be attacking people, uh, attacking the creative people, attacking the actors, whatever. It's just ridiculous. And I, I do think just the entire reaction in this game is absurd. Completely absurd. Like, it's one thing to want to, want to criticize it, or if you don't like it as much, it's another thing to just react like so many people are reacting to this game. It's just ridiculous. It's a fucking video game. Um, I just, yeah. I want to throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's... I guess that that does it for The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. They definitely, they're going to fucking make another Last of Us. I think they left it open for another one. Um, I think they're going to do it. Like, there's too yeah. much money on the table for them not to do, do it. It's like, yeah. what are they going to do? Create a new franchise? Because they fucking sunsetted Uncharted. Yeah, I think, I think eventually they're going to make a new franchise. They're going to have to. Um, will they make Last of Us 3 next? I, I don't know. Um, I, I personally think you get away from it. And I think if you're Naughty Dog, you make a new IP or something, and you do something different, and then maybe eventually, if you want to, you have the right story, come back and, and do The Last of Us 3 if you wanted to. Um, I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot of money involved, but I also wonder... Uh, what their reaction to Last of Us 3 would be, um, considering this one. Because um, the first one was just such a incredible game. And, and I'll, I'll say this, I, I like the first one way more than the second one. I mean, I think there's great stuff in the second one. I do like the second game. I just, I like the first one a lot more. Um, I would just wonder what the what the reaction to it is, because, you know, it still made a shitload of money, but, like, fucking... People didn't like Star Wars Episode Eight. That was such a divisive thing. And then the movies that came afterwards did not do as well. Um, so I would wonder... Um, now, yeah, Rise of Skywalker is still a billion-dollar movie, but nowhere near what the other ones made. Um, so I would wonder what the reaction to A Last of Us 3 would be. I would also absolutely love to have an alternate reality with this game where the leaks didn't happen... And then people just kind of played the game. Because um, uh, I think the leaks didn't help, for sure. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I guess, I guess so, but... I I just feel like people in general are just too sensitive and too precious about the character... About characters yeah. in a fucking video game. Yeah. I'm not saying the reaction wouldn't be there, but the leaks definitely made it so much worse. Um, especially leading up to the to the game coming out, but yeah, people get very attached to things. Yeah. I think yeah, that's right. pretty yeah. much it. See, yeah, see where, got. yeah, see where it goes. It was interesting conversation, and um, yeah, it's probably the longest spoiler cast we've done. Well, there's a lot to talk yeah. about. Yeah, and. Considering that this is the end of the episode, I should probably do an outro. Yeah. Uh, here, real quick. Um, yeah, if you have questions for us, if you have comments about things we said about this video game, if you have death threats, you could send. No, don't send the death <laughs> threats. Okay. <No. laughs> send all the other things to uh, PlayStation Report Podcast at gmail.com or via Twitter at PS Report Podcast. 
can find me at the Arctic Sloth. You can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at Plugged On Vids. Oh man, Ghost of Tsushima is up next. Yeah, it is. And, I'm excited. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that too. That's Friday, correct? Correct. All right. Well, until next week. Be good to each other, play your video games, and... Ba-da-ba-ba-bow!